Welcome to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner, a show about shifting our individual and collective beliefs on what is possible for the future of humanity. As our understanding of how our reality continues to shift, we are at a point of reunification between science and spirituality. What does the world look like when we break free from the generational trauma that has kept most humans playing small for thousands of years and step into our full power as the co-creators of this reality? I always ask that you keep an open mind with this podcast. Ask yourself what resonates with my truth at this time and what does not. Respect your intuition, but see if you can get through the whole show because there might be that little nugget buried deep in the conversation that unlocks something for you. Welcome back, guys, to Changing the Channel. I am joined by Mick Rybon. He is a father, husband, podcaster, healer, and coach. His company, The Inner Victory, provides transformational healing experiences for individuals and organizations. So welcome to the show, Mick. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Joe. I'm excited to have a conversation with you. I love talking to folks who are into the spiritual, the metaphysical, the woo-woo, as they say. So looking forward to it. As am I. I've had a I've had a number of guests who are in the a little bit in more into the non physical. So I'm excited to have this uh, a little bit more spiritual conversation today. So you've uh, you've had a unique journey from you know the corporate world and now really diving into the spiritual world. So just kind of share with us a little of that experience. Absolutely, it is really been a little bit of a whirlwind the past three years. Um, I I like to say that I started out in the kind of stereotypical pursuit of the American dream. Um, I think I was listening to one of your shows previously and, and you had, a, I think it was Abigail that you had on. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned that a lot of people live in this space where they're finding little kind of spurts of happiness, of joy. They're not really living this joyful life. And I, I really resonated with that. And I think that really describes kind of where I was, right? Um, my upbringing was very traditional in that, you know, I kind of grew up in a stable home, two parents, um, you know, suburb kind of situation, got straight A's, went to kind of fancy schools and got, got degrees and whatnot, um, went into corporate America, had the stable job. I was regularly contributing to my 401k, right? Like the, the things that they tell you that you're supposed to do. Got married uh, and I have two kids. Uh, and it was kind of on this path of just working for 40 years, 50 years until I, I retire. And even in that, I wasn't really enjoying that life. It was kind of the life that was laid out for me. It was what was conditioned as the right way to do things. And, you know, to no fault of my, my baby boomer parents, that's what they were told to do as well, right? So I was just kind of going along with that same cycle. But back in 2019, going into 2020, my wife and I, we went on a, a trip to, to Ghana, uh, Africa. And it was a really kicking off point for us. We had both grown up traditionally Christian, um, you know, going to church every Sunday with our families. But on this trip, there were just like several moments that really kind of shook that that foundation. There was a point in time where we went to one of the the castles along the coast where the uh, enslaved Africans were taken um, kind of at their last point of, of being on the African continent. And we went down into the dungeons and we saw where they were being held and directly above that was a church and there was church services literally happening on that day when we were there and i think it it really just kind of shook what we had believed in and, and and had been taught to believe in when it came to like 
the, the Christian principles, right? And like kind of what we're, we're meant to be doing and, and, and serving. Uh, and it kind of exposed some kind of ugly truths about Christianity for us. And so that was, that was hard to accept for us, I think. Um, but also on that trip, there was a lot of spirituality. There was a river that we were taking to that was very sacred to the Ghanaians. And they talked about rituals that were done in that water. And it just kind of opened our eyes to a different way of, of viewing things. Furthermore, it came out that my sister had been having conversations with a psychic on that trip. She, she was on the trip as well. And I was like, well, you know, kind of a little bit apprehensive about it. But my wife got, really got, kind of got into it. And fast forward, they ended up for Father's Day buying me a, a reading with this, with, with this psychic. Her name was Melanie. And I had this reading and it really just kind of, I mean, it, it, I was crying, right? I, it, it just completely opened my eyes to things that I had never been exposed to, you know, thinking about like spirit guides and archangels and ancestors in the, on the other side who had messages and all these things that just before it seemed like, you know, quote unquote, the work of the devil is, is kind of how it was always proposed to, to me before. So that kicked off a, a journey of really pursuing knowledge. I think a lot of folks, when they kind of go into this spiritual awakening, they want to consume as much literature and, and media as they can to, to be educated on it. And so that's essentially what happened to me. Um, and then I got into Ricky. So that was a, a very kind of synchronicity story where my uh, second daughter was actually born at home because it was the middle of the pandemic. We didn't want to go to the hospital, risk getting sick. And one of the women, uh, we had a postpartum doula who did some aftercare for my wife. She was a Reiki master. And I ended up going under her tutelage to get attuned in Reiki. And it just kind of set me on this path of energy healing. And that later led to me going down a path of shamanism. And so it's kind of all spiraled to the point to where I am now, where I'm fully immersed into this world of, of healing and working with people uh, to, you know, kind of reach that enlightenment level. Beautiful. Yeah, that, that's such a cool journey. Uh, and I love, you know, it really does line up with, with the timing that it's, that seems to be happening on the planet, that, that 2019, 2020, like a lot of people went through a, a, a kind of hard to define period of their life it was like yeah. everything around them was was being questioned not only through the you know covid and all of that stuff but also Absolutely. internally like mm -hmm. i went i experienced that like what am i doing with my life why am i doing all these things that i think i need to be doing that i've been told i should be doing that i should mm -hmm. be excited about uh why am i doing that and and it led me to a whole new path as well so Absolutely. I think the pandemic was in a lot of ways a lesson in itself for us as a, as a society, right? We literally were told not to go out and, and that forced us to essentially go within ourselves to, mm -hmm. to do some analysis and to really like quiet ourselves and figure out what we really should be doing with our energy. Yeah. And I grew up, I grew up Catholic as well. I grew up a uh, Roman Catholic and oh, wow. it was, um, again, you know, looking back at the history of the church, it, it's very eye-opening, like what the church was doing. Now, I, I think there's an underlying, and I, I always kind of, when I have a religious uh, guest on or somebody in the religious field, you know, I, I think it's bit, we got to be very careful, especially in the spiritual community, not to alienate those Absolutely. people. Because there's fundamentally at the bottom of Christianity, at the bottom of Judaism, at the bottom of even mm -hmm. Islam, there are 
100% basis on spirituality. Like that started out as a spiritual experience and then humans kind of got into it and absolutely they, you know, mucked it up as they do with a lot of things, especially those that are at a lower consciousness that are that absolutely. are worried about power and control. You know, they kind of take over and then, uh, you know, what used to be such a beautiful experience then becomes this way of controlling people of, of doing that. But at the fundamental level, and, and if uh, there seems to be this resurgence back into um, Christianity for sure. Um, and I think it's it's a positive because people are they're they're not going into it with this like with blind eyes, you know, just going to church and saying, hey, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to heaven. It's like mm -hmm. I'm actually doing the work. I'm like fundamentally yeah. becoming a better person. I had somebody in my um, car the other day and we were we were talking about her experience and just kind mm -hmm. of like falling away from Christianity for 10 or 15 years. And then in the last three years, same time period as everybody who's waking up to their spiritual gifts, like going back into Christianity. And, and I Absolutely. think that's, that's important yeah. to keep in mind. Finally, a place for listeners to gather and share. Join the Ascension Update Substack for messages and updates from our brothers and sisters helping with the Ascension, articles on the future of humanity, and a Q&A where you can ask my guides anything you would like. This is the hub for everything Ascension related. Click the link in the show notes or go to joegarner.substack.com to stay at the leading edge of this movement. And now back to the show. I think for me, it's, it's helpful when I divorce like the institution of the church from like the faith and mm -hmm. like the teachings, because I think capitalism has unfortunately infiltrated a lot of what the church as an entity does. And so that kind of taints a lot of what we see from the actual true essence of the faith, right? Like there, there's, there's a divide there. And so for me, I, I still, you know, follow a lot of Christian teachings and feel like very connected to Christ, but I am not someone who subscribes to the, the church in the same way that I was raised in it. Yeah, exactly. And, and prophesizing and, and, you know, everyone has to make their own choice. Exactly. Think fundamentally from any perspective that's that's the best way to do it absolutely so tell us a little bit about you have a, a kind of a unique podcast tell us about uh the podcast yeah so my wife and i along this kind of journey back in in 2021 you know we were having conversations with a lot of folks who have these spiritual gifts and and they they thought that our story of kind of being in the corporate world my wife she's a, a former corporate lawyer she was a lawyer for like 11 years and we both kind of got out of that and and got into this very spiritual space. There was this kind of call, this pull to start telling our story and really helping folks who may also be questioning things, but didn't really have a space to to do that uh, in a way that was welcoming. Uh, we wanted to create that. And so we had several conversations. Are we going to do like a YouTube channel? Are we going to, you know, really get deep into social media and podcasting just kind of felt like a, a great way to do it. And what was interesting is, before we even had the idea of having a podcast, this phrase just kind of came to me as a divine download. I was kind of walking in the house in the middle of the pandemic and chakras and shotguns just kind of popped into my head. Hmm. And so I wrote it in my phone in a note and just left it there. And then like a month later, we were talking about starting a podcast and I said, hey, wait, I have the perfect name already in my phone. And really where, where it comes from, I think initially when I was thinking about applying the name to the show, it was a literal thing. It was like, okay, well, I have been doing a lot of 
prepping, you know, like doomsday preppers kind of kind of thing um, for a while. And we had also gone into this spiritual journey. So it was kind of like this idea of, of meshing the two where you have spirituality and, and preparedness. And, you know, my wife was like, yeah, these are both kind of things we can't really talk a whole lot about, right? Like it, it openly. And so it's kind of this space where you can kind of have conversations on both sides. But I think as we've kind of evolved over the last couple of years and, and really got into the spiritual space, I think the name has a really interesting, deeper meaning. It, it really kind of represents the duality of things, right? The chakra system is all about moving from our, our, our basic needs up to, you know, the divine through our crown chakra and reaching enlightenment. Whereas the shotgun represents kind of this human need to have physical safety and protection, right? The shotgun is typically seen as a defensive weapon. It's something that's meant to um, protect yourself. You know, it's versatile. You can use it for, for hunting to get food and, and whatnot. So um, I see it as like this duality in, in, in a sense. Yeah, that that's a uh, that's very neat, uh, and that's true about uh, so much in life. I mean, we're still these physical vessels, even though we are divinity encapsulated mm -hmm. in the physical vessel. But we still have safety. We still have needs. We're still in the three D world. We still have to find money and protect ourselves and have a roof for our for ourselves mm -hmm. and find food and and be able to 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 keep this physical vessel going, yeah. so that our conscious awareness can continue to permeate throughout existence i mean throughout yeah. throughout first of all this planet and then if we can master ourselves and we can master this planet then we continue to move out further and further and further into other planets become a multi uh planetary species and then move into other solar systems and again Absolutely. that that only happens when you've unified the spiritual side of yourself and the physical side of yourself and of yeah. course, there's always an evolution. There's always the, the evolving idea of the physical and the spiritual. Yeah, I think one of the overarching concepts is this idea of, of self-reliance in both of those spaces, right? We see the church and state have kind of been these entities that have ruled over our physical safety in terms of like providing the basic needs from, from a government side, as well as the church kind of having this kind of domain over our spirituality, right? Like it's been kind of the authority that we have traditionally gone to, to help us to explore our own spiritual nature. And so I think the podcast, we try to strive to bring about self-reliance in both of those arenas. So it's going within and finding the answers for yourself and no one telling you what the right path is. And as well as making sure that you have the basic food, clean water, you know, power in case of, you know, emergency or in the case of some type of collapse in our, in our government. So. Right. I, that's beautiful. I, I love that perspective. So share, share with us a little bit more about, um, you know, you, ha it sounds like you had a journey into the prepping world. Are you still continuing that? Is that still a part of your life? I mean, what, what's your perspective yeah. as far as that goes? So, so it really started, Back um, probably 2017-ish or so, I was really having a hard time with my level of confidence in our kind of government being able to meet our basic needs. You know, we kind of rely on the government for access to food at the grocery store, like that whole supply chain. We, you know, want clean water piped into our homes. We have a power grid that we really depend on. And so I was just starting to question our uh, our government's ability to continue to provide those things. We had a a pretty big ice storm uh, in Texas a couple of times that knocked power out. 
Um, and it was really due to some failed government policies to winterize the, the, the lines of transmission in, in Texas. And so it was really kind of getting to the point where I was like, all right, I need to make sure I'm taking care of me and my family. And so I started to look into like things like adding solar panels to our home. Uh, I started getting emergency food rations, uh, looked into water storage and how to properly and safely do that. Right. So all those basic things uh, and then having the means to to protect those things. Right. So having a shotgun in the home. Right. And learning how to properly use that and, and safely store that. Right. So a lot of those things I, I, I've, I've done and I continue to kind of update and make sure that I have those things available. Um, but it's not something that I'm like trying to get even more intense into, if that, if that makes sense. Like I'm not trying to buy a bunker at this point or, you know, go, go even further that, <laughs> that way, but it's more so about the basics. And I think everyone should look at having some of the basic things. Like, could you survive if a hurricane came and you had two weeks without power, right? Like, do you have the basic food and water to, to kind of survive those things? So that's really kind of what I'm preaching now to, to most folks. Yeah. Yeah. Not that. There's an imminent collapse of the government, but that, yeah. you know, we, we don't know what is in store for the future. And, exactly. and I think I like to definitely put my energy into a very positive uh, transformation. I think where we're moving towards is there's going to be an enlightenment at all levels of society. So it's not mm -hmm. just the people at the bottom that are having this profound spiritual enlightenment. It's also the people you know, that are making decisions and they start to sure. make decisions uh, a little bit better for humanity than they have been in the past. And again, it can't be, we can't go back to top down, you know, authoritarian. This is, we have the right answer for you. It, it has to be more of a, a, a very loose framework that allows people to move and shift and change within that framework so that it can be, um, useful for all of us and not just for those who happen to be in power because that that's Absolutely. typically how these systems go we've we've been learning this same lesson in humanity for 7000 years that yeah. the more the more you put um power together the more that 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 it continues to uh, coalesce into a more and more powerful system the more ripe it is for somebody uh, who isn't as spiritually awake, who isn't as, um, you know, pro-humanity uh, to get into that position. And and we've seen this happen over and over and over again. And, and it kind of looks like it's happening in the U.S., but I, I do feel, you know, from from tapping into like the collective consciousness, it does feel like things are really, really starting to shift. They're, yeah, uh, I think we're at a tipping point, too. I, I think yeah. that there's going to be some some big changes on the way for sure so i'm excited about that yeah and if you don't like how the world works then maybe change how you're viewing it so if you're Absolutely. only getting your news from twitter if you're only getting your news from cnbc if you're only getting your news from fox and you don't like where that world is heading change your perspective like find sure. out other other perspectives and see what else is happening because there is a whole lot that's going on behind the scenes that's not necessarily front and center Mm -hmm. uh, that is shifting and changing and making, um, you know, th this world a better place. So, um, do you still, are you still involved in the corporate world at all? So I do have a kind of freelance marketing, uh, business that I, that I work with, you know, kind of small businesses, startups and things like that, just to kind of really help pay the bills. My, my passion is in the healing space, but right now, you know, the, 
the level of income that's coming from that is not where I want it to be to, to fully to fully be there. So, yeah. Right. Um, do you have any perspective on, you know, what's happening uh, in those spaces, uh, you know, in the in the more 3D corporate world? Yeah, that's interesting. I think that there is kind of a power struggle um, in, in my view from a generational standpoint. I think that there are um, still a lot of folks who, you know, we, we thought that there was going to be this shift after COVID where people were going to have a new outlook on corporate culture and being able to work from anywhere and, you know, kind of allowing employees to set their own kind of hours and, and be a little bit more free in how they operated within their, their working lives. But there's been a shift back. I think a lot of folks have been called back into the office and folks who moved to different places where they thought they could be happier and work remotely have been told that they need to get back to the office, right? So there's there's been this like back and forth power struggle of what type of society we want to have and what type of working culture we want to have. And so I think hopefully we'll start to see as more time goes by and kind of the the older generation moves to the side, we'll see um, some of these newer ideas come back into um, the popularity, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And I also kind of see it as the companies that are choosing to be a little bit more uh, old school uh, of making sure that everybody's in the office, that they that they have kind of control on how people are operating, mm -hmm. especially with the amount and the speed at which things are changing, they're not going to be able to operate anymore. Okay. They're they're going to fall so far behind. They're going to be the blockbuster of their of their um, niche or their yeah. you know, whatever they're in. Uh, the only way that that a company, it seems like the only way that a company is going to function and be able to properly function in this world of, you know, every six months is a completely different way to operate business is to fully um, decentralize and allow the people to make the decisions. Yeah, you know, have informed, uh, informed meetings, have meetings where it's like, okay, here's like, here's what we're seeing coming up. But then allow the people to kind of make the decisions at the lowest level possible. And those are the companies that are going to mm -hmm. uh, bring about the change on this planet for sure. And they're going to see higher revenue. They're going to see higher productivity. They're going to see, um, you know, better usage of all of their human capital. And then that translates into physical capital. And obviously with, I think, the uh, use of I, in in everyone's you know kind of purview now coming in uh, a lot of people think it's just going to eliminate all jobs and that uh, I think it's just going to accentuate the job so that instead of needing to work for 40 hours a week to accomplish everything that you have to do it's like okay I can get everything done in 10 hours mm -hmm. you know you were paying me the same amount whether I get done in 10 hours or 40 hours so let's keep this going I'll I'll continue to put out the the amount of production that I need and you get the same value that you were getting from me. And that is kind of where we're moving towards. Yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful. I, I really, I would love for what you kind of laid out earlier where people at the top and the decision makers are becoming more spiritually aligned so that that can actually happen. I think a concern of mine is that they, there could be some who see that as a way to cut costs mm -hmm. and basically will eliminate some jobs as opposed to allowing for this hybrid of human AI interaction. 
you know, AI is a tool and it's all about how we decide as a society we want to use it. And so I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the same spiritual awakening that is happening at, for a lot of people who are kind of uh, in the lower class or lower income areas um, are, are also ha is also happening with folks who are kind of at the top and making these decisions. Right. And the cool part is, is that those people in the lower levels, they vote with their money every single day. So if you see a company who is making decisions that are not uh, for the best uh, outcome of humanity, for the best outcome of their employees, for, for any stakeholder involved in that company, you vote with your money. So yeah, they might have the cheapest things possible, but if enough people are voting with um, a new company. And that's that's another aspect that that I think a lot of people are, are not fully aware of is that now that there are this there is this ability to decentralize and to um, to use AI, if there's a company that is not um, pro-human, that's not moving us towards a, a better future, you know, they're they're mm -hmm. profits only they're They only want to drive down the bottom line. They want to maximize profits at all costs whatsoever. There is a road for 10 or 20 or 30 people to very, very quickly ascend to the level of that that company and be able sure. to to take over that company, uh, you know, all their accounts, handle everything. And yeah, you know, when, when we're talking about billion, uh, hundred billion dollar companies, it takes a little bit more time. But I mean, just sure. look at look at what Tesla did. They took a, an industry that you know, uh, the only way to get into it was spending 30 or 40 years building out new systems and these massive co companies and corporations. And Elon did it in like seven years, took it to, you know, a production scale. And now he's made it profitable in 12 or 13 years. Sure. So and, and that is starting to shrink even smaller and smaller and smaller. And then, you yeah, he he did that by pushing people harder than than you know, anybody else has ever pushed. But again, as we get into AI, as we get into these new technologies, it becomes easier and easier and easier for businesses to take more market share. And that's going to be a, a huge thing. You know, if you don't like how a business is doing or operating, uh, you know, what they're using their money for, how they're, how they're giving back to, um, you know, the greater good of humanity, there will be another company that that enters that space and you'll be able to to jump in with that company and vote with your money on on you know that new better future for humanity yeah again i'm hopeful um I'm, i think the jury's kind of still out as 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 to how it's going to unfold but I, i'm hopeful i think the more people that we can continue to help to you know awaken to some of these these concepts i think the the better off uh the overall society will be so we'll see <laughs> yeah we will see we gotta we gotta wait and see um it, it is an interesting time for sure just kind of waiting and hanging out and and the cool part is is that we also have help from you know the realm that that exists outside of the physical reality you know Absolutely. they're they're Absolutely. here all the ascended masters all the spiritual guides anybody that has has had an interaction on this planet before is back um, sure. they, they are here to help guide and share and, you know, connect us with, with a brighter future, a better future. Uh, and that's what keeps me very positive is that, you know, it's not just humans that are making this shift. It's also, you know, 
however you yeah. conceptualize them, whether it's no, that's know, a great point. That's extraterrestrials, a great point. angels, um, you know, spirit guides, you know, everybody in the universe is here to to help this planet transition to a a new perspective and a new world. Absolutely, no, that that's that's a great point, and I think particularly for the next generation, I'm already seeing that within my kids, especially that there is a just a different outlook, a different attitude when it comes to just thinking about things like compassion and community and, you know, just how they interact with each other. It, it, it's, it's, it, it gives me a lot of hope again. Yeah, exactly. And we just got to, you know, make sure they don't get indoctrinated into a system that, you know, we kind of got indoctrinated into and, and just exactly. allow them to be who they are. Uh, that's, that's the biggest one for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So any other perspective on, on the shift in consciousness that that's coming um, that, that you can share? Yeah, I think there's a, a, a real need right now, and it's one of my passions, is to bring along the, the masculine energy into the shift in consciousness. When I, I first kind of entered into this space, I was going to like retreats and breathwork sessions and, you know, meditation circles and all of these spaces. And I was one of the only men, if not the only men in these spaces. And it really kind of open my eyes to say, hey, like women are doing a lot of work to to heal past trauma, to raise their consciousness, to um, to really kind of cleanse their energy and, and to vibrate at a, at a higher frequency. What can men do? Why aren't men here? Like, what, what are the things that we need to be doing? And so um, with with the inner victory, my company, I've essentially started these spaces uh, where men can come together and we can have these conversations and we can start to um, allow ourselves to open up emotionally and really focus on on healing and and raising that vibration. So, I do a, a once a month uh, session on the beach here in Los Angeles, and then I've done uh, a couple of retreats, which are uh, two or three night uh, sessions where where men kind of go out to a remote area in nature, uh, and we have several ceremonies. We do a little bit of plant medicine and really try to to open up and have a space that is um, allowing for vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Do you have any recommendations? So, you know, you're a male getting into this spirituality. You're just starting to find it. Like any tips and tricks from your journey on uh, maybe some do's and don'ts or, you know, what worked very well for you, what didn't work very well for you? Yeah, I think what what has been a consistent thing for me has been having a, a meditation practice and really staying in, in tune with my body and focusing on listening to my intuition. And so that really comes from, you know, understanding your cues inside and out, right? From from your your, your physical cues to what's, what's going on upstairs in, in your brain and understanding which ones are ego-driven and which ones are more um, divinely driven. Uh, and so that really just comes with sitting in spaces where there's not a lot of distractions, where you can really just focus on your breath and really get in tune with your body. So I, I, I tell everybody the first step is to start meditating. You know, it, it can be daunting at first. You know, there's a lot of things that we're juggling constantly in our in our brain and, and shutting those off can be a can be a challenge. But really that's the the first step in the in the foundation. I think things that I didn't necessarily learn a lot from um i think looking outside externally and, and and trying to find a guru or trying to find someone who had all the answers that seems like the 
natural thing to do, especially when you come from a a church background where there was a pastor who was like the shepherd of the flock that you would receive a lot of your guidance from. You oftentimes, when you leave that and go into a spirituality kind of um, decentralized space when it comes to your, your your spiritual beliefs, you're looking again for that figure, for that person that you can resonate with and kind of take their word in a similar way that you did as a pastor. And I, I think I tried that for a while, try to find that that person in it didn't really lead me to a place that was authentic for me. And so I even think that's why I, I named my company The Inner Victory, because I never want to be seen as a guru or, or as a leader. I really want to hold a mirror up to folks and say, you know, the answers are, are within you. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's what I'd say is something I would avoid doing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, very key for a lot of people. And it is, it's tricky when you're coming from that, um, traditional world. It's like you, you, you gotta, you gotta get the certification. You gotta go to the right school. You gotta have the right, mm -hmm. um, you know, teacher to show you the way. And it's like, th this is a whole new way of thinking. Like yeah. all mm -hmm. the answers are inside of you. You, you already know everything that you need to know. Um, you know, whether it's through your multidimensional body, through your chakra system, through the intelligence mm -hmm. of your body, uh, again, intuition, like it's yeah. all, inside of you if you just listen to it and allow it to guide your decisions every day yeah i had a lot of imposter syndrome early on when i started to to want to conduct like circles and retreats and things like this because again i went the traditional route of being a straight a student and going to like these fancy schools right and like that was what was ingrained in me as the right way to learn things and the right way to say that you've mastered something is holding up a degree and a lot of my learning has come in a way that is ethereal. It's me sitting in meditation and receiving messages from different guides and just writing it down and trusting that that's the right way to go about things. And it was hard for me to just trust that. And I've, I've, thankfully, I've been able to overcome a lot of that, that doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. And that's, that's what it takes that, you know, to, to fully trust. It's like making a new friend, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're befriending the internal voice of yourself and it takes time to trust that. And it's a two way street that, that voice, which has been speaking to you for your entire life and you've just been ignoring it for 20, 30, yeah. 40 years. It's like, exactly. Oh, why should I, why should I help you out now? You know, all of a sudden, and you know, you have to earn the trust of your internal voice just as much as your internal voice has to earn the trust of you mm. uh, by giving you good direction and and you know it's it's a two-way street always so well Mick this has been a wonderful conversation I really appreciate you coming on for anyone looking to um, get in contact with you what's the best way to find out about your products services and and get in contact with you yeah. So if you want to check out our, our podcast that my wife and I have, you can go to chakrasandshotguns.com or follow us at chakrasandshotguns on Instagram. And then a lot of my healing work where I do Reiki and coaching and the retreats and things that I talked about, they're on theinnervictory.com uh, or at theinnervictory on Instagram. Perfect. I'll make sure I have those all linked in the show notes so you can check out Mick and all his offerings. Um, really appreciate it. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks for coming on to Changing the Channel. All right. Thanks, Joe. Have a good one. You too. Thank you again for listening to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner. If you enjoyed the show, please follow the podcast, hit the bell to know when a new show comes out, share with a friend, and rate us on whatever platform you're tuning in from. 
It helps get these messages out to more people to create the collective shift in reality we are here to experience. Make sure you interact with the Q&A and poll sections of the show so I can continue to provide content you enjoy. Finally, check out my website in the show notes to become a VIP of Changing the Channel and join the shift that is happening.